So I have a conviction I want to share with you today, and that is that people are out there truly, truly desiring to have a sense of the providence of God in their lives, and that we live in a world right now where more and more people, because of their lack of perfection, are going to shrink away. They don't have all the right answers. They don't have the right resumes. They have things in their past that make them unworthy to represent not only themselves or any church or any political party, let alone to represent God. I have a story that I want to read to you from the Gospel of Luke about such a person. His name is Simon. And this sermon is about evangelism, about what it means to be a people who are expecting that even now God is working in the lives of people who want to be gathered in to the kingdom of God. They want to be part of those who follow Jesus. They may not even know it right now, but in their heart of hearts, they want to be part of something that is pure and good and right, and gracious. Luke chapter 5. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake, and the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets on the shore, and he got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water, Simon, and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night and have caught nothing, and yet you say so, so... All right, we'll let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. And when he had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. At the 830 service, I hold that congregation. I don't know if you've ever been in the chapel. Raise your hand if you've never been in the chapel. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. It's a small room. Holds about 80, 90 people shoulder to shoulder. Um, And it's pretty full every Sunday. And I told them that I wanted them to consider praying that God would put someone in their path that they could invite to come to church with them. 
and we started to do the math, we would have to call another boat to come and help us because they wouldn't fit. I'll ask you to consider the same thing. Would you pray that God would put someone in your path who's yearning to hear the word of God and that you would invite them to come to worship with you on a Sunday morning? This idea of evangelism is really something uncomfortable, especially for a lot of Methodists, because, you know, we're about perfection, right? And Lord knows none of us are perfect. None of us qualified to be the ones that would share the word of God with somebody. It's very complicated, as you heard last month. I'm tired of that. <clears throat> but let me tell you about what I know about fishing as it pertains to this scripture, which is about evangelism. My son-in-law is a fly fisherman. Now, uh, any, any fly fishermen here? Raise your hand. Okay, we got some fly fishermen. Now, there, I've, one of the things I've learned, there are fly fishermen and there are fly fishermen. There are those who know how to fly fish, and then there are those who are obsessed by fly fishing. Um, my son-in-law is a fly fisherman, but, but fortunately he loves my daughter more than he loves fly fishing. And I've never been fly fishing, but oh my gosh, I've heard a lot about it. And there are a few things I've noticed about fly fishing, the whole sport. And that is this. It is a sport that if you are in it, you are obsessed with finding just the right fly, just the right bait, just the right time of year, just the right setting of the moon, just the right spot and the right hole and the right creek or stream. This is a box of flies. Now, flies are made individually, usually late at night, in a basement under the stairwell with a magnifying glass and tweezers and lights and, and you know, what are you doing down there? It is a intentional craft. And a lot of time and effort is spent on getting the bait just right, researching the bugs, making the flies, putting it in the right spot in the river and dreaming about the time when you can just cast that perfect fly into that perfect hole and just so happen to be the perfect fish waiting down there. Now, for a lot of us, when we think about evangelism, we usually think about someone we know or love who you sense has a yearning for God. And you just think, oh, I wish they, they could you know, have that faith, that thing that, it, that, 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 that fills that spot in me that would draw me into communion, into community with God and with my neighbor. And if only I could get that fly just right. Have just the right words at just the right time to share with just the right person, right? Well, <clears throat> that doesn't happen very often. And there's a reason why they call it fishing and not catching. Because it doesn't matter if you get everything right and you cast it just perfectly, there's no guarantee that that trout is going to rise and take your bait. Because you see, there's this little thing about what's going on with the trout or that person that is in your head right now. You see, that trout has to be swimming by at the right time, looking up at the right time, seeing the right thing and deciding, oh, it's, it's now something that I'm ready to, to take some action on my part. And that's what Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples in this story. Believe that there are things going on in people's lives that you're not in control of. And that in fact, they might be yearning for you just to stumble through some ignorant words about God and faith. And that's all they need. They don't need the perfect fly. They don't need the perfect cast. They don't need the perfect um, hole. 
They just need someone to let down the nets. This is a story about letting down nets. This is a story that where Jesus called fishermen to help him share the word of God. You see, the presumption was that there were people already crowding in on Jesus who wanted to hear the word of God. They were drawn to Jesus because something in Jesus, something in their lives, something that nobody else knew about, had drawn them to be close to Jesus, to want to hear the word of God. Jesus called these fishermen to help him so that more people could hear, many people could hear, a lot of people could hear at the same time. And that's kind of what church is. Church is designed for a large group of people. And Jesus said to the fishermen, you guys have some skills and some equipment and some knowledge that I need to do this thing, to do this thing I'll call church. And so he said, Um, come and help me. Let me use your boat. I'm going to use your boat, by the way, and push off away from shore uh, so that I can use the amplification qualities of water to tell the word of God to a lot of people at the same time. And that's that's really what happened. Uh, I don't know if you ever spent much time on the water, but if you're ever in a romantic mood and you want to be on the water, um, one of my favorite songs is a boy and a girl in a little canoe with moonshine, right? Or you might be out, you know, on a boat somewhere. If you're ever in a place on the water and you're having an intimate conversation with somebody, you better be careful because everybody can hear you. Everybody can hear you if you're talking on the water. Jesus knew this and he called these fishermen, who by the way weren't followers of his at the time, said, come help me. And they used their skills, what they knew how to do, and they came and they, 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 they used their boats so that Jesus' voice could be heard by many people at once. Now I'm not disparaging fly fishermen, okay, which is kind of what we all like to think of ourselves as, oh yeah, I've got this. But what Jesus is trying to say is, you know, let down the nets. Don't spend all that time under the stairwell with your magnifying glass and your tweezers and all that to get it just right. Because even if you do that, there's no guarantee. See, there's that quality of what's going on in the people. Not disparaging fly fishermen, but apparently Jesus was all about fishing with nets. Putting your efforts into reaching groups of people in a mass media kind of way, using nets. Now, even with nets, as the story tells you, there's no guarantees. There's still that thing that's going on under the surface that you can't see that gets the fish in the net. Okay, there's still no guarantees. God still has to be the one that puts the fish in the net or gets the trout to bite the fly. But putting our efforts as a group of followers of Jesus into reaching people with the message of God's love and God's grace in groups is the model that Jesus uses here. But what I find interesting about it is he used the gifts that the people there had, those fishermen. I'm convinced that this congregation is full of competent, capable people with lots of gifts and skills. Some of you are really good on computers. Some of you are really good at communication. Some of you are really good at working with your hands. Some of you, you all have gifts and you all have skills. And what I'm trying to tell you is Jesus wants to call you to use what you have that people might be reached with the gospel. Um, I'm not a big media Facebook person. Uh, 
Some of you are, but there are other ways. I don't, and nor am I advocating mega churches, you know, like Joel Olstein and, and the, uh, Jerry Falwell and all the TV stuff. I do believe that sharing the gospel a person to a person in a given place at a given time, the thing we call worship, is the way that the grace of God is conveyed in the moment, not necessarily on the screens digitally. But what I'm talking about is each of us being willing to respond to Christ's call to use what you have, imperfect as it might be, and consider that even what you have is what God needs, and more importantly, what that person who's seeking God needs. Under the surface, are you willing to let Jesus into your boat, whatever your boat is, whatever gift you have, whatever skill you have, whatever relationships you have, are you willing to let Jesus in on that and consider that he might use you, imperfect as you are, illiterate in the Bible as you may be, don't know how to pray, please don't ask me any questions about God. Because heaven forbid, we know it's complicated. But would you be willing to consider that you would let Jesus onto your boat, that he might use what it is you do have to reach people? Um, my favorite part of this story is when, when Simon allowed Jesus on his boat, and Jesus said, now put out a little bit from shore, and he said, okay, we'll go out. And Jesus did his thing, and the people heard. <clears throat> and then he turns to Peter, and he says, now, Peter, go into deep water. Come on with me and let down your nets. And here's, where, here's the Methodist part of this. Oh, preacher, that's never going to work. You know, that we've tried that before. There's all kind of reasons why this isn't. I know I've done this. I've got, no, 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 no. Jesus says, just, will you do it? He goes, okay, for you, Lord, I'll do it. So by faith, knowing it wasn't going to work, Peter let down the nets. And oh my gosh, he would never have expected the catch. So many that he had to holler to his buddies, hey guys, come over here. And they, they, they sank two boats. And Peter's taken all this in. It's, it's a little scary if you think that God would use you in these unforeseen ways. And what did Peter, and it, it freaked Peter out a little bit. It was after that. After that, that he fell on his face in front of Jesus and said, Jesus, get away from me. Do not use me to grow your church. Do not use me to increase the number of people because I am a sinner. There are things in my past in yearbooks that I've been in. Do not use me. I don't want to be used because I don't want people digging up my faults, my failures, and letting that reflect on you. And the result is... Nobody shares anything with anybody. And we all get into our little defensiveness because we, f we lose faith in grace. <clears throat> this gospel lesson is for the church and each of us, you and I, to be amazed at the fact that Jesus involves us in the work of God. He involved these fishermen. He says, hey, you guys, come on over here. And, 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 the, the work of God was accomplished um, by their willingness, first of all, to use them. What They're just a bunch of fishermen who knew how to do a certain thing. It was the work that went on under the water. 
that I want you to perhaps have a little faith in, in your own life. For the person that you're thinking about, if I could just get that fly perfect. Be aware that God is doing things under the water, that that Christ is working in people's life right now, and they are longing to find a net to jump into, to be gathered together in the harvest of God's grace by imperfect people, people who don't know their Bible, people who are stammering when they pray, they don't like to sing, all the things we try to do at church. Like Peter, be willing to say, Lord, I am a sinner. Do not use me to grow your church. Because, oh my gosh, there's a million reasons why it ain't going to work. And Jesus says, come on out to the deep water and let down your net. All of you are called. I am called. All of you are called to use what it is that God has given you. And the little bit of faith that has brought you here in this net that you're in today. Oh, by the way, somebody at the early service came up to me and they, they speak Spanish. And they said, Gary, you know, in Spanish, there's two words for fish. There's pez, right? And then what's the word for fish that you, when you order at a restaurant? Pescato. Who said that? Pescato. So there's pescato. This, this was not in my sermon. I didn't write this. Sermon. So there's pescato and there's pez. You know the difference? A pez is a fish swimming in the water. And pescato is a fish that's been caught. So two different things. By you are being here today, you are pescato. Look at, look at this net. You are pescato. But we all have in mind pez in our lives that we would hope that the love of God and faith would come and make them whole and, and bring them grace. Jesus is saying, use what you have and the opportunity and the willingness to let Christ in whatever boat it is and whatever skill you have and to let down your nets with that opportunity and that prayer that under the surface, God is working. And uh, my favorite thing to say to fly fishermen, as, as I've, I've caught bait with, uh, with nets in rivers before, and almost every time if you throw a big net into a pool, you'll pull up a bunch of all kind of fish there's usually a trout or two in there. You know, there's usually a trout or two that, that got caught in a net that some fly fisherman probably spent years just trying to get that one fly fish. I'm not saying don't, don't be concerned about, um, about caring about and, 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 and talking to a specific person in a specific place about your faith in God. But realize that it's the net and what happens under the surface uh, that's the real work of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.